Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Pastor Andrew, in the set that you were able to worship with today, he sang the song, God, You've Been Faithful. All my life, you have been faithful. Isn't that true? God has always been faithful. I always say he's never too late. He's never too early. He's always right on time. Our God is faithful. He may not answer your prayers in the time you want it to happen or when you think it should happen. He's an on-time God. And I thank you that our God is an on-time God today in our midst, dwelling with you, dwelling with me, dwelling with Adventure Church. He's an on-time God, and he meets all our needs according to his glorious riches. So thank you, Pastor Andrew and the worship team for leading us in all my life. You have been faithful. There is no skip in there. There's no in-betweens. It carries out all our lives. So he has been faithful. And as I, that song was sung and as I was writing this sermon, I thought about how God was faithful. I don't know about you, but when this first started out with this COVID-19 thing and the quarantine situation that we were in, I felt like, man, I was a monkey in a cage. I can honestly tell you the first few weeks I was going stir crazy because I am a people person and I love to be around people and I love to engage with people. I love to do things with people. But I also was obedient to what the city's officials and the authorities were saying about quarantine ourselves and staying our distance and so on. So Cheryl and I, we stood down. We stood down. We went out to our cabin. We stayed here at the parsonage. We were back and forth. But we stood down and we stayed away from large groups and large crowds. But in that time, I really had a chance to just reminisce and reflect. And if you know anything about me, I love to just get away and meditate on the Lord. The Bible says in Psalms 19, verse 14, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And one of the great things that I had to do, I had the chance to meditate on the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And in those three months, yes, the first couple of weeks I was going stir crazy, but as I began to find my new normal in life, my new normal with God, I began to see the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And some of the things that I saw with God is, number one, is that God never left us nor forsake us. Number two is I never went a day without food on the table. Man, God always provided. He always came through with my physical needs as well as my spiritual needs. I also think, man, man, I had a house with a, a roof over my head, even when it was raining and it's hot and it's sunny, I have air conditioning. All these things that I can be thankful for, God, during this time, you have always been faithful. Well, one of the greatest things that God has done, though, he has been faithful with his presence. You know, David said he walked through the valley, and even in the valley, God's presence was there. Some of you may felt like you've been in a valley, but I'm here to encourage you today that that same spirit that was with David in the valley is also with you. And knowing that God is in our valleys as well as the mountaintops, it gives encouragement, it gives me strength, and it shows his faithfulness 
to us. And I was reminded of some things about what experts say. And I titled this message today, I titled this message, The Choice is Yours. The Choice is Yours. But experts estimate that we have 50 to 70,000 thoughts per day. Have you ever thought about that? 50 or 70,000 thoughts per day. The question is, what are you thinking about? And when I wrote my sermon, right after I wrote my sermon, guess what I did? I jumped on the lawnmower on Wednesday. I jumped on my lawnmower. I was mowing my lawn. And I kid you not, I must have used up 25,000 thoughts while I was on my lawnmower. What am I going to do to get set up for Tesoros? What am I going to do to, man, when we come back into opening up the church again? I'll be opening up all the ministries. All these different thoughts were running through my head. And you know what? Isn't that exactly what happens? You know, we, we have all these thoughts that keep running through our head. I also say this, 98 or 99% of our thoughts are habitual and is, are habitable. And so in other words, they are the same thoughts we had yesterday and the day before yesterday and the day before that. Can you imagine that? So in other words, we continue a lot of times to think the same thoughts over and over and over again. And if you ever think about that, Jesus says, what a man thinketh in his heart, so he will be. And if you continue to think the same thoughts over and over again, man, guess what that's going to happen? You're going to start acting out whatever you're thinking. I love this. You cannot, you cannot keep thinking the same thoughts or the same things and expect and expect a different outcome and a different outlook in your life. So let me read that again so you get this in your heart. You cannot keep thinking the same things and expect a different outcome or a different Outlook. You cannot keep doing that. So you have to change your thinking. So I wrote this down. You have to learn to have a different mindset, to rejoice and be thankful for what you have and who you are. You get that? To be thankful for what you have and who you are are. You know, I want to remind you of that. Who are you today? First and foremost, you are a child of God. You are a king's kid. God is for you and not against you. You need to recognize that. And if God is on your side, guess what? You're never going to lead or lose a battle. So you have to remind yourself, I love this. You have to get this statement because it's so true. A wandering mind is an unhappy mind. A wandering mind is an unhappy mind. And the reason why that is is because if you don't have no goals or plans or direction or purpose of where you're going, guess what? You're like a dog always chasing your tail. Not having a purpose, goal, or direction gets you unhappy because you don't feel like you're accomplishing things or achieving things in your life. One of the things that, man, I've learned through this time of being quarantined that I kept my mind sharp by reading, by praying, by listening to the word, by worshiping, it kept my mind focused, and as I felt focused, it kept lifting me up. But a wandering mind is an unhappy mind, and what happens is we have thoughts all over a place, and we anchor our thoughts to a lot of different things. I love this. A Cleveland clinic, a Cleveland clinic estimated that 80%, 80%, now get this, of our thoughts are negative. Wow. Can you imagine that? 80% of our thoughts are negative. Have you ever think about that? Why are maybe our thoughts negative? Maybe because sometimes 
You're a little defensive. And so because you're a little defensive, what happens? All of a sudden it triggers you to become negative, that maybe you're tr thinking that these people are treating you wrong or saying something wrong about you. And There's all different ways that trigger you to think about being negative. Maybe something happened to you on the job that you felt like you, it was treated unfair or maybe that you, they, your boss showed favoritism to one of your coworkers. And all these negative thoughts start to grow in your life. But also it says this, that is 48,000 negative thoughts per day. And if when you verbalize it, when you say it, those negative thoughts, it compounds the problem. In other words, it makes it worse. Otherwise, listen, sometimes you are your worst enemy. You're your worst enemy. And you know the devil can't hear your thoughts, but he can hear your words. And when you speak your words and you say all these negative things, you know who jumps in your boat? It definitely isn't Jesus. It's the enemy saying, yeah, I agree. I agree. Keep going down that vein. Keep going down that road. Hey, it's going to lead you to destruction, but that's okay because that's what I came to do. Kill, rob, and destroy. And I'm going to kill, rob, and destroy you by the thoughts that you say. And I'm going to add pressure and I'm going to compound the problem and I'm going to make it so bad that you're going to feel miserable that you want to give up. That's the goal of the enemy. He wants you to quit and give up. You see, your words, I love this. Now get this. Your words and thoughts are x-rays of what's on the inside of you. Your words and thoughts are x-rays of what's on the inside of you. So guess what? If you know what an x-ray is, they take x-rays of what's inside you, the bones, and see if they're broken or, or tissue or different things. If you, and so what happens is a lot of times what's on the inside of you is going to come out of the outside of you. That's why it says in Luke 6.45, a good man brings good and good stored in his heart, and an evil man brings evil and evil stored in his heart. Now get this. Out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. So what are you saying? What is coming out of you? Man, are you one that people can approach because you're lovable, accepting, you're in agreement? Or are you always negative, always divisive, always in dis dissension and bitterness or anger? Whatever comes out of you, the choice is yours. During this quarantine time, I had to make a choice to rejoice. The Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You see, every day that God has given you is another opportunity to rejoice. Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. And how you live in that day is up to you. But I love what Paul says. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, and I love how he says these words. And whenever you hear Paul saying it twice, you need to take heed to what he's trying to say. And he says two key words in this verse in Philippians 4.4. 4. And it need to take heed of what he's saying. You ever go through when you call your kids and you ask them to do something? What do you normally do? One, two, and a lot of times it never gets the three. It usually gets the one, two, and the kid starts coming. In other words, they start hearing mom and dad and their voice and their voice tone and their, and their authority of saying, hey, you better get over here now. If I get the three, and what Paul is saying, he's saying one, two. And here's what he's saying. Rejoice, one, in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice, two. He's saying it two times that we need to rejoice in the Lord 
always. Not when things feel good, but always. Always when things are down and when things are up, you, you need to find a balance in your life that God, even though I may be in the valleys or the mountain peaks of my life, I'm going to make a choice to rejoice. I don't like this quarantine situation, and I'm so glad that here in Siren, man, it's been great. Man, I, I tried to get out of my driveway the other day, and it took me five minutes to get out of my driveway because there was cars coming from both directions on the street, and I couldn't get across. But in my heart, I was rejoicing because I felt like, man, life is restored, and God is restoring life back to you. I love this. To rejoice and to be thankful has no expiration date on it. In other words, it's not like food that you have on your shelf or in your refrigerator that you look at the date and they're last year's dates and you have to throw it away or discard them because they're old or they're moldy or they're rotten. No, rejoice and thankfulness never has an expiration date. Man, it's every day. Isn't that what Jesus said? He's new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And if God is new every morning and Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord is our strength, Guess what God wants to put in your joy tank every day? He wants to put joy in you so that you're able to rejoice in whatever circumstance or situation that you're in in life. So choose to rejoice. You see, listen, rejoice, God. I rejoice in you. But then Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 12, man, he, he, he talks about a struggle. You see, even though Paul was a great mighty man of God, even though Paul loved God with all his heart, his name was changed from Saul to Paul. Paul wrote three-fourths of the, the epistles and these things, and he did great exploits for God. But he was not exempt from struggles. He was not exempt from hardships. He was not exempt from the things that we as, as normal people face. He went through highs and lows. He went through ups and downs. But here's what he said. I rejoice greatly in the Lord. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. So in other words, what he was saying to the church of Philippi, he was saying, I knew that you had concern for me. Isn't that where you are right now? Maybe you are home all by yourself. Wonder if anybody cared about you during this quarantine time. If anybody really thought about you, remembered you. Maybe you didn't get a card or a phone call or a letter and you didn't get a, a respond maybe on Facebook. Maybe you're one that put something on Facebook and you wait five minutes, ten minutes, or even an hour to see how many people are going to respond to your comment. And if they don't respond to your comment, what happens? You feel rejected. You feel put down. You feel worthless. And see, Paul had that same way. But he knew in his heart that the church of Philippi was concerned about him. But then he goes on to say in verse 11, this is so cool. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need. I have learned to be content whatever circumstances whatever the circumstances. Now, you got to get this. He says that because he's leading up to verse 12 to tell you the struggles and the highs and lows of his life. The highs and lows of his life right now. One of the things I always look forward to, if I'm at low points of my life, guess what? There's only one way up, and that's always up. There's nowhere more I can go down, but now I get to get a chance to go up. And so maybe you're at the lowest of lows. Well, praise God, you now have an opportunity to go up. 
But Paul says in verse 12, he says, I know what it is to be in need. He knows what it is to have lack, maybe have less fortunate things in his life. I know what it means to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I think we both have that before, kind of like a teeter-totter, a need, plenty, up, down. Sometimes the needs outweigh the plenty. Sometimes the plenty outweigh the needs. And you know what happens if you outweigh one side on the teeter-totter? You're going to lift up the plenty. You're going to lift up the needs. Because why? The needs or the plenty sometimes outweigh each other. He said, I know what it needs to have in plenty. But look at what he says. you got to get this. Paul had to say this. I have learned the secret. The secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. In other words, what Paul was saying, I have learned the, the, the secret. I have learned the secret. What is the secret? To be content. To be content. Listen to this. To be content means this. To be content to, means to make the most of what you have, to make the most of what you have and where you are in life. That's the secret, making the most of what you have and where you are right now in life. That's the secret of being content. If you're always wanting more, if you're always wanting less, you're never going to be content. You have to bloom where your planet, whatever state you're in right now. Learn the secret. Hey, God, I know that God, hey, I, I'm in need, but Lord, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to rejoice in what I do have. I always look at younger families, younger families who look at older families. And a lot of times, younger families who look up to older families, they say, man, I, I don't know how you're able to afford this or how you're able to afford that or how you got that. So what happens a lot of times, they get upset or they get mad or get jealous because older families may have more than them. And so a lot of times, my response is that, listen, I learned to appreciate and celebrate what I had, and God blessed me with more. And so listen, if you are a younger family and maybe you're struggling right now, let me encourage you. Celebrate life. Celebrate where you are right now. And God said, if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will lift you up. If you show God the attitude of gratitude, your attitude and your gratitude determines your altitude in your life of how far you want to go with God. So I want to encourage you. You see, listen, the more we complain, the deeper the hole gets. Isn't that true? The more we complain, the deeper the hole gets. But the more we rejoice, the higher we fly. The higher we fly. Why do you say that? Because they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew your strength. You shall run and not grow weary. You shall walk and not faint. You shall run and not grow weary. You shall walk and not faint. But you shall ride up on wings as eagles. But as you wait. But what do you do during that time of waiting? Are you always going to God complaining? You know how it is if your kids are always complaining, what do you want to do? You want to avoid them. Sometimes that's what we do with God. All we want to do is complain, complain, complain. But we never just want to wait and be still in his presence. Say, God, 
Speak, for your servant is listening. 1 Samuel 3.10. That's what Samuel did. Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. What is he saying to you? You see, complaining pulls us down. It pulls us down. It's like weights. It holds you down. It, 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 it confines you. But rejoicing or thanking lifts you up. You see, when you start to rejoice, you know what it does? It changes your attitude, your outlook on life, your countenance. It puts a pep back in your step like I talked about a couple weeks ago. It puts that pep back in your step. I love what it says then once again in 1 Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians, once again, it's Paul speaking. And he's speaking there on our behalf. And he's saying these words. And he says these first words in, in verses 16 through 18. He says, rejoice always. Man, when you're going through a struggle, it's hard to rejoice, isn't it? You know, I always found that a smile costs nothing, but it creates much. A smile costs nothing, but it creates much. It's, it takes more muscles to frown than it does a smile. Do you know that if you are always frowning, your muscles get tired and fatigued and wore out, and you wonder why maybe you're discouraged? Maybe you need to change your frown to a smile and that your muscles are man, exuberant again because of the joy in your life. But he says, pray continuously. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on, do not quench the spirit. Wow, did you get that? He asks us these three steps, and so I, I wrote this down, so they'll be on the screen so you can see Paul's plan for renewal. Paul's plan for renewal. This is his plan for you. And you know what? I always say you plan your work and you work your plan. Let me give you a plan today for your renewal. Your renewal in what? For your strength, for your joy, for your peace, for your hope, but most of all, your faith. God says without faith it's impossible to please God because he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you want to please God today, start walking out in faith. But how do you do that? Number one, here's the plan for Paul's renewal. Number one, rejoice always. Wow. Rejoice always. I always say this. Be disciplined about what you are dwelling in. Be disciplined. Rejoice always means be disciplined of what you are dwelling in. Are you dwelling in negative thoughts or are you rejoicing where you're at right now? You have to discipline yourself in where you are dwelling in. You become what you associate with. You see, they always say bad company corrupts good character. It's the same thing with negative stinking thinking thoughts. It corrupts you. It brings you down. But if you get around things that are bring joy and comfort and laughter and happiness to your life, it changes your outlook of life. Another one is this, pray continuously. Man, pray continuously. If you have your notes, write this down. Prayer brings you into direct contact with the architect of your life. Can you imagine that? Prayer brings you into direct contact with the architect of your life. He already knows what you need. He knows what to tweak. After all, he made you in the very image of himself. So what he can say is like going to a doctor. If your hand is hurting, you're not going to tell him your foot's hurting. You're going to say your hand's hurting. And what does God do? He'll start tweaking that because he's the architect of who he made, and that's you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every need in your life. He knows every cell in your body. And he's the architect of who you are. And he has the blueprints of who you are. 
and you're the only copy or the only blueprint. You are original. You are tailor-made by God, and so therefore God is the only one that knows everything about you. So why not pray continuously? Another one he says, give thanks in all circumstances. Do not just give thanks when it feels good, but give thanks always. You see, when you're happy, you sing a happy tune. But when you're sad, you sing the blues. You see, God says give thanks in all circumstances. Oh, yeah, there's been some hard times. It's been some ups and downs. Like I started out this message Man, my first few weeks of being quarantined, it drove me nuts. Like I said, I felt like a monkey in a cage. Man, I, I, I never watched so much TV before because, man, I had nothing else to do. I would read and I'd pray, and then I'd look at myself, now what do I do? But I gave thanks, and God showed us faithfulness. You see, when we focus, when you focus on you become, what you focus on, you become. So watch you become what you focus on. So watch your thoughts and your words and what you say. You see, what a man thinketh in his heart, so he will be. What are you thinking on? After Paul gave us verse 19, I want to give this to you now. Notice in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19, he says, do not quench the spirit. You see, Paul's plan for renewal was to... Give thanks, pray continuously, and rejoice always. But he says in verse 19, don't quench the spirit. See, if you're not rejoicing, if you're not praying, if you're not thanking, what happens? It sucks the life out of you. And that's quenching the spirit. And you say, well, what spirit? The Bible says, don't you know that you are a temple of God and God's spirit lives in you? Every time when you start complaining, you're sucking the life of Jesus out of you because Jesus said the joy of the Lord is your strength. But how do you keep refreshed? Rejoice, pray, and give thanks in all circumstances. I love this. Negative thoughts and words kill and destroy your hope, peace, and faith in God, and most of all, in his word to you. You get that? It kills and destroys your hope, peace, faith, and his word to you. What is his word to you? Be still and know that he is God. Psalms 46.10. That is his word for you today. But all these other things will kill. You see, let me remind you as I close. Make a choice to rejoice. Learn the secret of contentment. And watch and see what God can do for you. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, it's, it's totally what you focus on. It is totally exactly what you were saying. It's what you're going to focus on. If you focus on all the good things happening to you, change your thought pattern. Just change it and say, I am going to think of all the good things today. And so I want to encourage you today. We're not out of this quarantine situation. There's still a lot of opinions going on, a lot of fear that's going on. They're saying that there's been some spikes in this COVID-19 thing. And, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs. But I know that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. So let me encourage you today. Trust. Choose to rejoice. 
Watch out what you're thinking about because what you think upon, you become. Make a choice today to rejoice. Will you stand with us today? Father, thank you for today. Thank you that, God, we make a choice to rejoice. You're not twisting our arm. You're not coaching us. You're not uh, cohesing us to, to do so. We make that choice as individuals to rejoice. So, Father, if there's things that you have to do in us, Lord God, to transform us by the renewing of our minds, to take our stony heart out and give us a heart of flesh, whatever it may be, Father, I pray that, God, that you right now will tweak us, that you will give us an overhaul, that you will give us a tune-up, Father, for future things that are ahead of us, and there are great things in store. So, Father, I pray that you will encourage each and every individual here right now. Bless them, we thank them, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Now, let me remind you, I know that you are watching today by a computer or your phone, but we are live at Tesoros every Sunday, 1015, on the corner of 70 and 35. Thank you for watching today. And hopefully your watching will be live with us in a few weeks. I hope it could be next Sunday. But God bless you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website www.adventurechurchsiren.com slash give. Thank you for your generous donation.